Trekking pole, check. Camelback, check. Melted and crushed granola bars at the bottom of your day pack, check. Sunscreen and bug spray in the same bag, check. A closed and sealed lid on both, well, at least they're both banana boat scented and probably flavored. Weather channel checked and definitively confirmed rain in the forecast, check. So you're guaranteed to have a warm, sunny day today filled with adventure, much-needed nature therapy, and tropical snacks. The world is a big place and you've got a big day of hiking planned ahead. Today we begin our trek around the globe to some of the most rewarding and exhilarating trails on Earth. We stop counting our steps and start making our steps count, and we put a literal meaning back into earning those miles. Come with my husband and me today as we recount our favorite hikes and memories of taking many paths unknown. Hitting the trails teaches us so much about life, like enjoying the journey and always taking the path less charted, but to never fully take our eyes off the ground so that we can always stay on our feet. Today, I invite you to ground yourself with me as we lose our sense of direction, but always find our purpose in the end. I'll see you at the trailhead. Maria Elena, and you are listening to Purple Hood Adventures Podcast. I'm a travel-obsessed entrepreneur working from my home in Ohio to connect travelers from all over the world and to help you make your one days a reality and stop living for the weekend. I seek constant adventure while maintaining an outwardly appearing normal life with a husband, a cat, and a full-time job as a remote speech-language pathologist. I live a real-life accidental comedy show as seen through the eyes of my trusty Mount Zion purple windbreaker as I make my way around the world and live a life of the unordinary but not the extraordinary. presented today by a husband and wife who spend about 50% of their waking lives lost in a forest. Okay, I hope you didn't get back to the car. Yeah, I thought about that same thing. We were at the airport where we were last time. I know, I don't remember how we got here even. A couple who always manages to find a mini golf course, even in the most unlikely places. Oh boy, mini golf. There's actually a themed one too. Oh man. Hiking and mini golf, my favorite things. Featuring a record-breaking 27-day-old Tamagotchi who insisted upon coming along. Starring my typical clumsy real-life Kenny from South Park self, who also manages to make it yet another day. like I'm gonna plummet to my death. Oh God. I present to you today a full day of hiking and, well, adventure. I don't know. <laughs> we, 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 we just kind of walk around until we run into stuff. Ayanchu, everyone. Welcome back to episode four of season two of Purplehead Adventures podcast. Now, if you're sitting there thinking that my hellos are getting stranger by the week as you peruse your little mental world language library there trying to figure out what the heck I even just said, I promise there is a reason for this. Now, Ayanchu technically translates into hello, how are you, and Quechua. If you're wondering what Quechua is, it is the native language of the Andean indigenous communities in Peru. Now, when I say Andean, I don't mean that everybody there is named Andy. I mean like the Andes Mountains, which are located in Peru, if you didn't know. And if you haven't put two and two together just yet, our episode is on hiking this week, and the Inca Trail was rated number one in the world for, drumroll, hiking. My husband and I also did hike the Inca Trail a few years ago. It's literally the best thing we ever did. Um, also, our guide spoke Quechua. He, uh, I wish I'd kind of known this phrase back then. It's kind of an important phrase to know. Um, by the way, they do speak uh, they do speak Spanish in Peru. If you're wondering, this is more of a language of the locals and the natives. So it would have been nice to know that when I went there. Um, you guys will have a leg up on me. And uh, if you're looking to respond to this question, you'd say something along the lines of "I on me," which is I'm doing well, thank you. 
Uh, I'm not sure what you would say if you weren't doing well. I might need to find a different response for this as I'm kind of in my closet again this week recording. And uh, it just so happens to be laundry week once again. So yeah, a different phrase might work better for me. Anyway, last week we did talk about eating our way around the world, so I thought this week it might be nice to burn a few calories by doing a little more physical activity. What do you guys think? So uh, if you guys know me at all, you know that hiking is absolutely my favorite pastime in the world. It's also my husband's favorite pastime. Just about every weekend we can be found scoping out new spots, new hiking trails, even in our hometown. Uh, When we do go traveling, we like to drag people with us that don't love hiking as much as us to seek out the most challenging hikes we can find. That's always fun. Um, But yeah, we can be found hiking just about every spare second that we ever get. So this is going to be a fun topic today. Now, as I mentioned before, we do tend to get lost quite a bit, especially around the trails of Cleveland. Uh, The signage is not exactly notorious for being accurate, and by accurate, I mean existent. Uh, Yeah, so that's usually a problem. It's kind of fun to get lost at times when you have snacks, at least, I guess, and I guess if it's not dark. Trail closed. Maybe they knew we were coming and we'd get lost again. I have no idea. Oh, yeah, and did I happen to mention our compromised sense of direction? Uh, You know it's bad when we start using things like tree leaves and logs to find our route. I don't think we went straight through it. Yeah, we've definitely been here. I remember that twisting, remember that twisting log? I do. I remember I took a really good picture of it. At least getting lost is good distraction from my thirst level. Now, if I mentioned before, we're kind of infamous for not bringing enough water on our treks. Now, to be fair, I have to tote the water bottles around in my bag, and I can only fit so many in there. Now, it's usually competing for space with my snacks. I will say that my husband hates the sound of chewing. Okay, disclaimer. I don't know. I forget what the word is. There's actually a technical term for that, but he's usually, like, marching way ahead whenever I whip out an apple. Like, I don't hear that crunching noise and he hates the sound of apple chewing in nature. I don't know, it's pretty comical to me, but yeah, he hates my chewing. Uh, Another thing that we're kind of known for on our trails is me having a major fall every fall. It's true, we go on a fall hiking spree. Did just make that up. Maybe that's why they call it the season fall. I don't know. Lots of hiking. And uh, so, yeah, I do trip on rocks a lot. I haven't broken anything just yet or died. Now, I did fracture my pinky on a water bottle last year, so anything's possible, I guess. Now, um, another thing we're known for doing is dragging other people on our hikes, especially international ones. crazy, long, physical, physically demanding treks. We love to do that. As I mentioned before, not everybody's all about that. So yeah, they're up for a good time if they want to travel with us. Also today, like I said, I'm going to be interviewing Dan, my husband. So he's the one that's my partner in crime in all of this. Now you guys haven't heard from him since my second episode ever about Americans and vacation days. That was a popular episode. Now he actually begged me to be on another interview again today, even though I already interviewed him last year. Uh, This is a good topic though, because it's both of our favorite things to do. He loves hiking just about as much as I do. We both have these stories together. So I thought it'd be fun to talk with him about some of our adventures and some of our favorite local and international adventures and our hikes. Now I will say he'll probably talk about the Inca Trail. I know that's his favorite, so we'll probably talk about that just a bit. I know that's an interest on a lot of people's lists. Um, Also, I'm going to talk about in there five world-famous hikes around the world, also five um, domestic trails around the country. So I'll be talking about five, five in the country and five internationally. And again, some of this has come from my listeners, so I got some input from my followers and listeners about great trails around the country. So I'll be talking about those and also ones that I've researched myself or done myself. If it were up to me, I'd probably talk about like 50 trails in every corner of the country, but unless you want to be here for 50 hours listening to my rambling, I did decide to cut down on the quantity and up the quality. So yeah, we'll talk about some of those infamous hikes today. All right, enough rambling. I don't know why I like to do that, but I do. I like to talk. I'm a speech therapist in case anyone forgot. All right, let's hit those trails and I'll see you with Dan after these brief messages. 
Hey there, Marie. Are you looking to advance your speech pathology career more than you're looking to advance that basket of smelly running and hiking clothes in your closet to the washer? What? I hadn't checked my brief messages all season. All right, everyone, I have my husband Dan here with me. You might all remember him from last season when we talked about Americans and vacation days, how they often go unused. Say hello to everybody. Hello. Yes, he's here to talk with me about hiking today. Like I said, one of our favorite pastimes ever. You probably also have heard me talk about him loving my love for garlic. You love my garlic breath, right? Oh, no, it's horrible. <laughs> anyway, we're here to talk about something other than garlic today. Hiking, yes, get excited. Are you excited today? Oh, boy. Yeah, okay, you sound really excited. Yeah. Are you excited? Yeah. All right. Okay. Yes. So this is our favorite pastime. We can usually be found hiking just about every weekend in the woods and getting lost like I talked about before. Isn't that right, Dan? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so today we're going to talk about uh, my husband's thoughts on some of our favorite memories and travels together. We're going to talk about ones that are maybe international and also um, domestic travel. So yeah, we uh, that's going to be our topic today. Uh, he has absolutely no idea, by the way, what questions I'm going to ask him. He asks that I keep them kind of impromptu. It's kind of like how our hikes always go. So yeah, he has absolutely no idea what I'm going to ask, nor does he know about our game that we're going to play today. I told him I'd keep it a surprise. That's right. It's going to be hiking mini golf. Oh boy. Remember how I said I was going to somehow figure out a way to do mini golf in here? Well, here it is. So I'll explain how this goes real quick before we get started on our questions. Now, how this is going to work is I'm going to give Dan five world-famous hikes, and he is to guess how many, mi how many miles the trek is. And I'm going to give him a range so we won't be here all night. Don't worry. And he's going to have to guess whether it's higher or lower, and he has to guess within three miles of the exact distance. Okay, if he wins that hole, if he does that. So it's kind of like overshooting or undershooting in mini golf, if you can kind of think of it that way. And I'll tell him over or under. Did I say that? Yeah, I think I did. All right. So we'll get to that in a minute. And uh, I thought about guessing myself, by the way, about also guessing the mileage. But then I remembered I had to look up the miles myself. Um, so that wasn't really going to work. So audience members, you can look along, kind of guess along with me. Well, with Dan, I guess. And uh, see if you can beat him. It's very difficult to beat him, I will say. So all right. Let's get to talking here. Are you ready? Oh, boy, yeah. All right. I'm excited for the game. I know we haven't even gotten there yet, but all right. Oh, but first, does Tamagotchi need to be fed? No, Tamagotchi's fine. He's healthy. You better check. He's good. I just looked at him. Oh, He's... you have it on. Oh, you yeah. have it on mute. He's muted his Tamagotchi. That's very rare. All right. So our first question is, Dan, is what's your favorite hiking trail that you've ever been on that we've done together? And that means like local or international. Well, the favorite one all the time is... Definitely the Inca Trail. Sorry, our cat is like getting in the way. <laughs> it's definitely the Inca Trail. I mean, that's one I've talked about a lot, that it was one of those hikes that we totally off the grid, and it was the cha most challenging one we've ever done, and um, the fact it was a multi-day hike, never done anything like that before, the camping thing, it was everything all loped, lumped into one. It was That was awesome by far, internationally. Locally, I mean, we do the fall hiking spree. It's this um, local Metro Park um, challenge. You do eight trails over the course of a couple months every fall. So there are a lot of good trails down there that I like. Um, you know, a lot of good, you know, you see the leaves changing, all that fun stuff. So um, specific trails down there, I don't know about specific ones, but the Summit County Metro Parks, they have a lot of good trails down there. Yeah, we have a lot of a lot of hiking under our belt. But um, going back to the Inca Trail, I knew you were going to kind of say that. I pretty much knew that was your favorite. Um, can you give any advice to our listeners about how to prepare for this hike or like what to bring on it? Definitely pack light. You, you don't need nearly as much as you think you do. If, you, you have to go with a guide, number one. So they'll take care of all your food. And a lot of times you, you'll, they'll give you water and all that stuff. You don't need a whole lot of snacks. You don't need a whole lot of... No snacks? You don't need a lot uh -oh. of snacks. No apples? You don't need a lot of <laughs> personal water either. I mean, they'll, they'll give you most of that. Um, really, your camping gear, it's just kind of like your personal effects, things you take to a hotel room really is all you need. And then beyond that, if you want to have some extra snacks or if you want to have your personal you know, water, that, that's fine. But for the most part, they really take care of you. So just, I would just say pack light. 
backpack light. Yeah, I think I had the heaviest backpack on that trip. I I know because he, he weighed. Also, um, yeah, a lot of people bring those water bottles, those ones that or those. T- oh, I guess it was the the tablets, the water tablets. They said not to do those because it'll kill healthy bacteria and actually make you sick. So they do boil all the water for you, which was nice. So you always have drinking water to go along with that. And remember that cake when we had that that cake on the left. Yeah, like I said, they they treat you really well. We ate better on the trail than we did in restaurants in town. So really, you just got to remember anything you take on the Inca Trail, it's a four-day strenuous hike, so anything you take on the trail, you're carrying on your back. So um, definitely pack light if you're going to do it. Yes, and the good part is, is once you take that backpack off, you feel like you lost like a million pounds like overall, so you feel like you're kind of flying, I guess. Uh, okay, so let's talk about what your favorite part about that trail was. Um, was it the scenery, you know, the friends, food, history? Did you have a favorite? All the, all the above. I'd, I'd probably say the combination of it being really challenging and then just the nature aspect of it. I mean, you felt like you accomplished something at the end of each day. And then while you were doing it, you, you were seeing this mind-blowing. You're in the middle of the rainforest in the, in, in the, on the Inca Trail. So that was really cool. Yeah. So how did you feel when it was over, by the way? I mean... Accomplished and exhausted, I guess, is the way you look at it. I mean, it's not impossible. you got to be in decent shape, but by no means, you know, an athlete. Um, But you do feel accomplished at the end of it. Yes, definitely feel accomplished. Okay, so let's pause for a minute to talk about some of those world-famous hikes. We're going to start with our first U.S. hike and also our international hike. Now, I'm not going to talk about ones that I talk about with Dan in the interview because we're already going to talk about those. So this is a way I can get in a few more, right? You knew I was sneaky. So let's start with Hocking Hill State Park. Now, this one came to me from a fellow follower and also a hiking friend that I have. Um, Like I said, I got some input from my Instagram and uh, listener followers. So Hocking Hill State Park is great for its smaller trails. Old Man's Cave, I used to go there all the time in college. It's about an hour hike. Uh, Buckeye Trail, which actually goes to every corner in the state. That's kind of cool. Cantwell, Cliffs Loop, Conkles Hollow, Ash Cave, Lower Falls, Upper Falls, Cedar Falls, basically anything falls. Um, So yeah, you can actually do a lot of different hikes in a day because they're really not all that long. And uh, it's a great place to go camping. I used to go there with my parents all the time. It's in Ohio, probably the best place to go hiking in Ohio in our entire state. All right, let's talk about an international destination. Now, I know I said I wasn't going to talk about ones that we talk about in the interview, but this is the exception because it is New Zealand. And if anyone remembers, that's my favorite place on the entire planet. Now, this was voted the best single day hike in the world. It's Tongariro Alpine Crossing. You'll hear about more on that later in our game, hint, hint. Now, Tongariro Alpine Crossing is on the North Island of New Zealand. You actually get to see Middle Earth in the shadow of Mount Doom for all of you obsessed Lord of the Rings people, just like myself. It's only 12 miles or 19.4 kilometers. It takes about six to eight hours to do. It's known for its multicolored um, crater lakes, uh, active volcano, uh, the emerald lakes, glaciers, all sorts of stuff. Lots of colors, lots of wildlife, lots of wilderness and lots of Lord of the Rings references. So, but I will warn you, don't go in the winter. So I have to tell you, I didn't actually do this this trail. I wanted to do it, but I was there in the winter. I did some of it and almost died, had to turn back, but I promised myself that I would go again when it wasn't winter. So highly recommend Tongariro Alpine Crossing. So you talked a little bit about our local trails that we go on. Actually, yesterday we went on that one with the faces. Do you remember what that one was called? What was that called? I think Warden. Was it Warden? Warden. It's in the, it's in the Hinckley Reservation uh, up here in Cleveland. Warden's Legend. Warden's Legend? Is that a different reservation or is that here? It's down the road, I think. I saw it there on the... Warden's Legend? We'll, we'll check that out, too. Oh. We'll go back there. And yeah. There's a face in there? Yeah. Cool. Oh, wow, another face. Like a, like a lion. Like a sphinx. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. So cool. So the Cleveland has a pretty extensive metro park system, and one of the reservations is called Hinkley Reservation. It's about half hour south of the city. But um, there's one trail that has a lot of really cool carvings in the rock that a guy, I guess a local um, landowner back in the day, um, his son carved a lot of faces and artwork into the rocks when it was private property and then since then it's become kind of a cool little local hiking hotspot for people to check out all of his artwork and a lot of it's pretty good too 
So, so yeah. Yeah, there was like faces and I guess like a Bible and everything and a cross. It was really, really in depth. Like it was pretty cool to see. So if you're in the Cleveland area, highly recommend. We didn't even know that was there, but yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, you mentioned the fall hiking spree. Um, can you tell our listeners what that is exactly? Yeah, so the fall hiking spree, that, that's a different Metro Park system. So the Summit County Metro Park um, it's kind of overlaps the Cuyahoga Valley National Park um, about an hour, 45 minutes, hour south of Cleveland. But anyways, what it is is the Summit County Metro Parks put on the program every year where if you complete eight trails within their system over the course of the fall, you get in your first year, you get a wooden hiking staff. And then in every subsequent year, you get a badge or shield that you can nail onto your staffs and it indicates the year. So um, if you're seven years in, you'll have seven shields on your hiking staff and you'll see couples that are, you know, 80, 85 years old and they're their staff is covered in uh, in hiking shields. It's it's gone on for decades now, so it's a really cool thing. We'll see young families and young couples just starting out with their brand new hiking staffs, and like like I said, you'll see the 85 year old, 90 year old couples just loaded with shields on their staff. So it's it's kind of a cool thing to do every year and a fun tradition. Yeah, he always takes his staff with him on hikes. I feel like it's kind of a burden, but it's fun to collect the shields. We accidentally saw, we usually try to leave that for a surprise, what the shield looks like that year, but we accidentally saw the pattern this year, so oh well. But yes, fall hiking spree is definitely one that we love doing every year. We agree that even when we move, that if we do move at some point, we'll come back here and do that every year. Oh, and also my irrational phobia. You know, you love that, right? Oh, the tree of heaven. Oh, no. Yes, you guys may have heard about that one. Um, I've had some pretty tough, pretty tough trails. What is that chuckery that I won't go on? <laughs> I don't know. There's a lot of them now that you won't go There's on. There's only a couple. There aren't that many. <laughs> All right, moving on from that. We're not going to go too far into those terrible trees. Um, another story for another time. Um, okay, so let's talk about some other trails and other hikes that we've done. Do you have any other ones that you really enjoyed, whether that be in the U.S. or another country? I had a feeling that you might forget about some. So I have some uh, some examples like Lassen that we did in California or Germany or Australia or Bali. Did you have any favorites that you can recommend? Yeah, so I mean, I mean. He's looking inter- like. <laughs> internationally, I mean, there's a whole bunch we've done. I mean. I mean, we could be here all night talking about all the hiking trails we've done, but I mean, we hiked up a volcano, um, Mount Batur, I think it was called. Yeah. In, uh, we were going to do what? Mount in was ba- in Bali. Mount Batur in Bali. It was a sunrise hike, so you got up at like 4 a.m., even earlier than that. Um, 2 a.m. And then you, but you hit the trail around, I guess, 4 or 5, and then by the time you reached the peak, um, it was sunrise, a two, three hour hike. Really challenging. I mean, obviously up all the way. Um, so. You really got your heart pumping going up and then but by the time you got up there around like daybreak um it's gorgeous views i mean at the top of this volcano and um saw the sunrise uh going down is harder than going up i think anyway on your butt <laughs> um so you, you there's if you're not used to scrambling down uh mountaintops it's it's tough and it's hard to slow yourself down you <laughs> when you want to slow yourself down so that was really cool um we did a similar thing not quite as big but uh yeah like marie said in lassen it's a national park out out west we hiked up a volcano there um that was pretty neat i mean for me in general i think the more strenuous i like challenging hikes uh we were in arizona and did a whole bunch there if if it's a strenuous hike with a reward at the end you know that's one of my favorite types of hikes i think inca trail obviously being the biggest one of those but climbing up the volcanoes is another one um but yeah, there's a whole bunch. I mean, even in Europe, just this wasn't hard, but you know, we were uh, walking around Neuschwanstein Castle um, outside of Munich. So that was neat. But overall, I would say if it's a challenging hike with a reward, that's what I like. Definitely, the the hardest hikes are often the most rewarding in my mind. All right, let's take a break from those trails for a minute to talk about yet another trail. Okay, now this one is in the U.S. again. It was recommended to me by a fellow hiker friend and also one of my listeners and followers. He lives in the Phoenix area. Phoenix is a wonderful place to go hiking, by the way. Uh, The whole area has a bunch of trails. He specifically recommended Peralta Trail, which is in Gold Canyon. It's about a 12.4-mile round-trip loop. Um, It's also known for its 4,553 Spire Rock, which is kind of cool. It's a pretty interesting rock. 
rock formations. Other trails around the area that are popular include Camelback Mountain, Quartz Ridge Trail, which is known for its canyons and some other trails overlooking the city, some interesting rock formations and vegetation and wildlife. And of course, if you don't like any of those trails, you can always head about two hours north to Sedona. That's known for things like Cathedral Rock. That was pretty cool. Um, I will say when I went to Sedona myself, it's one of the many places I was at that I didn't have quite enough water. I will say luckily for me, I did have like a 36 pack of waters in my car. I think I downed like at least three quarters of those when I was done. So if you go to Sedona, do not forget your water, actually anywhere in Southern or even middle Arizona for that matter. Um, and I was there in the winter, so yeah, water, water, water. How many times am I going to say that in the next five minutes? Okay, seems to be a theme. Let's go on to uh, international hikes. Now, I felt like I couldn't make an episode without talking about Mount Everest. That's in Nepal. It's part of the Himalayan mountains. Specifically, I want to talk about Everest Base Camp, which is uh, via Chola Pass. That's, an, that's a popular one. That's a 75-mile loop and includes things like views of the 22,349-foot 20, Amadab. Also, ancient monasteries and turquoise Gokyo Lakes. That's an interesting one. I almost mispronounced that, but I didn't. Uh, Alpine tea shops, ancient villages, and also the view of the 29,029-foot Mount Everest itself. Are there any hikes that you would like to do that you've heard of that you haven't done yet? Oh, yes. Uh, Mount Kilimanjaro uh, in Africa Ooh, I have a feeling there might be one about that on your game, actually. I've heard that's a really, really challenging hike, but it's doable. Um, it's not like you got to be a mountain climber or anything, uh, but that's one that I would really like to try out. Uh, other than that, I mean, I guess I wouldn't mind doing another tra uh, trail in South America, something similar to Inca Trail, just because I think it's so nice down there and beautiful. But I guess the Kilimanjaro hike is one I've read about that I actually do want to do one day. Oh, definitely. Count me in on that one. Can I go? No, that's okay. You can that. <laughs> oh, man. Um, assuming there's no tree of heavens, right? Uh, how long would you ideally spend on a trail? Like, a, Would you do a day hike, a week, several weeks? Would you have like an ideal length? It depend I guess it depends. I mean, if it's... I wouldn't want to just walk in the desert like Moses for 40 days, but... <laughs> Why not? That sounds like fun. I'm sure we'll have enough water. Like I said, if it, if it meets the criteria of you know being challenging, rewarding, I mean... I, I wouldn't set any limits, you know. I mean, just as long as I'm physically up to it. Yeah, no, no limit. Yeah, assuming we have enough water and snacks, yeah. right? <laughs> Sunscreen. Um, do you have any hiking essentials, like things you always bring? Or I know I'm usually responsible for carrying most of them, but do you have any, like, essentials that you'd recommend always bringing on a hike? I mean, just obvious stuff, water, good hiking shoes. I'm notorious for wearing flip-flops on our local hikes around here just because... A lot of times they are pretty basic and just, you know, two-mile loop in the woods. Oh, God, you wear flip-flops on... Okay, so he's notorious for wearing flip-flops on, like, like hiking with, hikes with rocks, and it's pretty crazy. Well, a lot of times the, the, the trails around here in this area are, like, two-mile loops in the wood, so you don't need necessarily, you know, hiking shoes. It's more comfortable to wear flip-flops in the summertime, but I've caught on the other end of that where it is more challenging than I thought it'd be, and it kind of sucks in flip-flops, but um, <laughs> just the general stuff, I mean water you know i guess a hat if you're prone to sunburn or anything like that um it's basic stuff i guess yeah yeah you're more coordinated than i am i guess that kind of makes sense moving from flip-flops to mountaintops so that's all right i did just make another rhyme you're welcome i'm sure you'll hear more of those all right we're headed to my favorite u.s national park ever now it's zion if you didn't know that that's where my original purple windbreaker jacket came from that purple head adventures is named after zion is in utah and today i want to talk about angels landing okay that's one of the most well-known hikes it's known to be a bit strenuous and also somewhat dangerous and it's known for its drop-offs and narrows but amazing views okay so it's a little difficult but the views are well worth it now it also has a bunch of switchbacks and also chain railings but it's got a 1,500 foot overlook so I highly recommend this one it is only five miles in length but like I said it might take you a little longer because of the the nature of it 
but yes, Nayan. All right, let's head to an international destination now. This is Camino de Santiago de Compostela. Now that is actually in Spain and France. This is a bit of a longer hike. Now I first learned of this when I saw a friend doing it a few years ago. I was obsessed with her pictures, like weirdly obsessed. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen that one hour photo movie from back in the day, but I was kind of like that weirdo, like stalking pictures. So I promised myself that I would do this one day. I've been thinking about it pretty much every year and thinking about when I can go. Now, it does take an average of 30 to 35 days to do this one. So if you only get like two weeks of vacation, you might want to save up some time for this one or else you might not be able to complete it. But the hike is actually a series of pilgrimage routes ending at the Shrine of Ap or Apostle St. James in the Cathedral de Compostela. And the most popular route is from the, the French Pyrenees across to northern Spain. And also, um, a lot of times people will stay in monasteries along the way. You get to stay with locals. It's pretty cool. And uh, if you walk at least 100 kilometers, you get your, your certificate of Compostela. It kind of tells you that you completed the hike, just in case you forgot. So you'll always be able to remember. Um, I often hear people saying that hiking is extremely therapeutic. Obviously, I agree with that. Um, after all, it is one of our favorite pastimes. Do you tend to agree with that? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely therapeutic. You get out away from the house, away from the electronics, and just kind of enjoy something physically active and change the scenery. Yeah, so yeah, absolutely. It's kind of why we love the Inca Trail, right? Kind of off the grid. Yeah, exactly. Um, what advice would you give to our listeners that would love to start, you know, getting started with health, a healthy habit like hiking? Um, you know, let's say they're not experienced or they, they're kind of unsure where to start. What kind of advice would you give to them? I mean, a lot of trails, even local trails and local metro parks have ratings, you know, one, two, three, four, you know, easy to moderate to strenuous. I mean, start out with the most easy, basic hike, you know, a, a one mile loop, one and a half mile loop, very little elevation change and just see how that goes and just. First of all, see if you like it. it. Might not be your thing, so you test see if you like, you know, hiking or whatever. And then as you, as you get more experienced, take it up a notch and push yourself a little more. And yeah, I say just take it gradually and start at the bottom. That's right. There's something out there for everyone. It's I know as even our fall hiking spree has ratings, and they they now have like what what do they call that? Like uh, there's ones that are what do they call that? Uh, I can't remember. Yeah, you know what it is like all natural or what is the word for that? Do you remember? I can't remember what they say. It's something where it's like basic or I can't remember the word. Something thing. about terrain. It's something like rustic or yeah, <laughs> rustic. I don't, I don't know. Something I can't remember what it's called, but yeah, something basically like like a uh, not a clean trail. There's some scrambling or and stuff like that you have to do. I can't remember the word for it though. Yeah, I can't think of it either. I was just curious if you remembered. It was primitive trail for the record. I don't know why I couldn't think of that, but yeah, that's what it was. I thought of it like a few minutes later. Anyway, um, let's talk about a place now that I did not have any falls, and that was at Vernal Falls in Yosemite National Park. I actually went here last November. It's now my second favorite national park in the U.S., and uh, I loved it in the fall time. Okay, so fall is ideal for going, I thought, because of the foliage, and it's a little bit less crowded. Now, some of the waterfalls can sometimes be dried up during that period, but I liked Vernal Falls because it was still going strong all year round. Yosemite Falls itself was dry at that point. Uh, this was definitely my favorite hike there. Technically it's only 1.6 miles, although I don't really believe that for a minute. Uh, 2.6 kilometers round trip uh, with a 400 foot elevation gain, but you can continue up to the top of the falls, which is a another 2.4 miles, and you can also continue to the Nevada Falls to make it like a 5.4 mile trek, so you can definitely add on to that. Now, I will say that it is pretty straight up, but it's really beautiful to see as you go up these steps, just getting higher and higher. You can see this beautiful plummeting waterfall, these geological features, really rewarding, stunning views. And at the very top, there's this little like reflective lake where you can stop to have a picnic. And also these really little like um, friendly bushy squirrels. I don't know, they're really bushy. I don't know how to, I don't know how to describe them, but they have these really bushy tails with these stripes and yeah, super friendly, not like normal squirrels. To this day, I have no idea what they are. If you've been there, you probably know what I'm talking about. But yes, Vernal Falls in the U.S.
Now let's head international here. This is Choltunga, Norway. So if you think you've never heard of it, you probably have. Okay, it's that uh, picture, if you can imagine, of people always at the end of that huge jutting cliff overlooking this massive canyon. Sometimes you see people doing like flips at the end or sitting at the end. You probably have seen one or two pictures of this before. Kind of looks like Pride Rock just a bit. Now this is 14.3 miles total, about 23 kilometers, and the ascent is about 800 meters or 2,000. 624 feet. Okay, now it's on the west edge of the Harding Edvita, Edvita Plateau, I guess it is. Oh my gosh, here we go with some uh, Nordic pronunciations, so bear with me on this. You know how good at those I am. It's about an 8 to 10 hour hike, and it's definitely one of the most iconic scenic sites in the world, um, especially with that giant rock jetting out. Like I said, it actually jets out for over 700 meters above this uh this lake and the lake is called all right i'm gonna butcher this i actually so i looked this up and i actually tried to listen to how to say this but uh yeah good luck rings or something like that it starts with an r so rings okay don't laugh at me i promise um this is like not even in my dialect at all but that's that's what it is we'll just call it a lake how about that so yeah definitely recommend Trolltunga, norway by the way if i didn't mention Trolltunga means troll tongue in English. Fun fact. Um, all right. Yeah. So that's how they get kind of started with hiking and some of our experiences. Do you have any other bits of advice or favorite hiking stories that you'd like to mention to our listeners? Um, not necessarily any new stuff that we haven't already covered. I mean, just, uh, I, I enjoy it a lot. It's something that I think everyone, you know, especially in the, you know, when the weather's nice, something definitely, you can do to you know enjoy a day versus just binging on netflix or whatever um the, the fall come up the fall coming up is a perfect time to do it you know it's when we love doing a lot of the local hikes um I, I would recommend for sure if if you want to when you're traveling even if it's a you know family vacation somewhere you know find a day to go hiking somewhere with your family something that you know away from the beach or away from the typical you know vacation hot spots so you know, that's an idea i guess if you're traveling somewhere with your family or you know, husband, wife, whatever, like find a, find a day and go, go hiking. That's right. Yeah. Something about hiking with people that you love. It's really nice because you can bond and talk and there's no screens, nothing else to distract you. And yeah, that's right. something to be said yeah. about that. All right. Thank you. Thank you for answering my questions. We're now on to the most exciting portion of our entire episode today. That is hiking mini golf. Oh man. Are you excited? I know I already asked, but I'm like, sorry, I can't contain myself. Well, this game is more like a, a price is right game. There's, Not really. There's a, there's a game where it's high, low, where I love the price is right as an aside and being working from home. It's great. I get to watch it every day. So I've been watching a lot of Prices Right, and I've been getting to know the games. And there is a game very much like this one where there is a price you have to nail for certain products, and then Drew will come back and say if your guess is higher or lower until you get it right. So that's basically what this is. Okay, kind price of. Right. But then again, it's also like your sheet. And we're talking about miles, so we're talking about distance. So when you hit a ball, it goes a distance, and you don't want to go over it. You don't want to go under. So I thought that was kind of – I thought I was creative. It's, 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 like, it's like the Price is Right. We're playing the Price is Right. Yeah, and mini oh, golf is our favorite thing ever. I hate Price is Right for what it's worth. But mini golf I love. Um, we did find a mini golf course after our hike on Sunday, didn't we? Yeah, like in Hinkley, um, there's a mini golf course outside there that was a lot of fun. You know, older course, but they have a lot of the old school, um, you know, uh, not barriers, obstacles and stuff that you got to get past. That was fun, yeah. Yeah, I did so well, didn't I? Yeah, you, no, you, I got a hole in one at the end. You actually did terrible, actually. No, I didn't. Just on one hole. Yeah, you refused to take your strokes, but that's okay. We won't talk about that. No, I just tried to fix a broken course. All right, are you ready for our game, our real game of mini golf now? Yep. All right, let's do it. Okay. No. Terrible. All right. 
right, let's play some hiking mini golf. You guys remember how this works. You'll have up to six guesses. That's our whole limit, Dan, okay? Your, that's your max attempts. And uh, remember, you're guessing the mileage. I'll also give you the kilometers just in case you're not of the US and you want to know what the mile or the kilometers are. Um, I'm going to tell you some, we're going to do five world famous trails, like I said. And remember, you have to guess the the amount of miles. He's grinning at me. He's so excited. Within three, okay? So I'll say higher or lower. So we're going to start with our first one, the Inca Trail. This should not be too hard since we did this one. But this is this is going off the standard four-day hike and three-night hike. That's what we did. We did the four days and three nights. That's the most popular. Now, the range of this hike is between 12 and 40 miles. What was the total mileage of the Inca Trail? I want to say it was like 20. Don't be cheating. I want to say it was like 26 miles. Wow, that's pretty darn close. It was 27, so you got that within one hole. I forgot to keep score, by the way. I'm gonna write this down. I have my piece of paper here, so you got that. That's a hole in one right there. Oh, boy. oh God, we're starting off on this again. All right, this reminds me of this weekend. Some nightmares. Okay, um, number two, we're going to go on to Mount Kilimanjaro, just Boy. like you talked about. I Remember, guys, I did not know that he was, he didn't know my questions, and I didn't know um, his responses, so this is totally random. All right, Mount Kilimanjaro um, has many routes, a lot of different routes. It actually only has a 65% success rate. I guess that depends on what you call it, <laughs> success. Uh, it's the most popular route, though, we're going with, it, which is known as... Um, I guess it's uh, the Makame route. Is that how you say that? Makame? And the distance of this route is between 10 and 50 miles. Well, first of all, it's crazy. Only 65% completion. I mean, I didn't know that. And the Inca Trail, you know, it's challenging, but almost everybody completes it. So that's crazy, number that's one. That's what I read, yeah. But, uh, God, between 10 and 50, I'll say I'm going to go low. Uh... I'm gonna say 21. Higher. Okay. Uh, 40. Um. Let's see. Actually, it's 37. So yeah, you got it. You got it. That's a hole in two. Oh no, a hole in two. Oh no. I thought that was kind of a challenging one. Don't worry, I have more coming. By the way, if you don't know what Mount Kilimanjaro is, it is um, a volcano in Tanzania. So that's in Africa, in case you didn't know that. All right, number three, our third hole. Oh gosh, I'm getting nervous. Okay, so this one is Tongariro Crossing. Now, Dan has heard me talking about this one. It's in New Zealand. I tried to do this one, but the weather was too bad. So of course, I went out on some of the trail and probably almost died. I had to turn back just before I fell off a cliff. And uh, I've always said that we're gonna go back and do this trail, this Tongariro crossing on the North Island. What'd you think about my story, by the way, about that? Well, wait a second, so is, this, <laughs> is this out and back or is this, cause isn't there like- It's only one way across, cause you get a shuttle, say, yeah. There's a shuttle, so it's one way. Yeah, so, so it's one way, you get a shuttle coming back, but it's- It's only a day, so I think 12 so, miles. 12 miles, oh, I forgot to look at- Actually, yeah, that's dead on. It is exactly 12 miles. Oh my gosh. Okay, by the way, that's 19.4 kilometers. I think I forgot to say the kilometers on the last one. Mount Kilimanjaro is 62 kilometers. That's 37 miles. All right, but yes, Tongariro Crossing is 12 miles or 19.4 kilometers. That's, I can't believe it. Turns out that anything called mini golf is like your game, yeah, I guess. Our price is right. Oh, I hate that game. We're not going to, don't ever call it that again, or we're never playing this again. Although you'd probably like that. All right, number four, um, Tour de Mont Blanc. Now, I've heard a lot about this one. I have not done this one, but I really want to do it. It's one of the most popular long hikes of Europe, and it goes through Switzerland, Italy, and France. Now, the entire route is how many miles do you think? And the range is between 50 and 130. Well, I mean, you're crossing three countries. So I'm going to say 110. Are you cheating? No. You're cheating. Not, You're I cheating. I it's exactly 110. <laughs> nice. I swear to God. That's ridiculous. I am so... By the way, I don't even think I gave you the range on the last one. I had a range... I didn't even give you the... Oh, my God. This well, is horrible. Well, that one I kind of knew because you talked about... 110? No, I've never talked about this talked one about before. talked about Crossing quite a bit, so I knew that... Well, yeah, so you should have some But knowledge. this one, no, I had no idea. Oh, my God. I just... I quit now. Um, it, that's 170 kilometers for the record. This is ridiculous. All right, we're going to go... 
go home or go hard or go home i guess is the way. Oh, no. all right this is gonna be the hardest one and this is one that dan himself has talked about wanting to do he didn't say it today but he's talked about it before the appalachian trail oh, yeah. so this trail is in the eastern part of the united states it runs from maine all the way down to georgia passing through many states like north carolina and pennsylvania connecticut virginia all that stuff so all over Okay, so hardest one, biggest range. All right, so the range is between 500 miles and 3,000 miles. Oh, yes. Yeah, I'll say for this one, I think it's like 900. Ooh, higher. 1,000. Higher. 1,100. Higher. 1,200. Higher. 1,300. <laughs> higher. This is your last guess, by the way. That was five guesses. Oh, no. Well, wait so, a minute. I, okay. I didn't know there's limits to guesses here. I told you. It's okay. six whole six whole maximum. Oh, you can't be here okay. for six years. Oh, okay. So, 1,400. No. Okay. So, you got a max hole. You pulled a my hole, my oh, kind God. of hole on this one. The answer was 2,200 oh, miles. Isn't that insane? Uh, yeah. I actually have a friend that hiked this in, like, proportions, like, little bits at a time. He actually got sent home because of COVID, but he's going to do it at some point. I'm going to do it with him. I'm just going to go along in his backpack. Um, yes. Yeah, so, 2,200 miles. That is 3,500 kilometers. So, how did everybody do against Dan? Um, yeah, it's pretty tough to beat him at mini golf. So Dan, your total um your total score is let's see, six, seven, eight, nine, eleven. So you got an eleven. Eleven over holes. five holes, that's not horrible. But the last one, man, I didn't realize two thousand miles. I didn't realize that. It's crazy. Oh, better than I normally do against you. This hole's being a sneaky tiki. This is gonna be really terrible. That's a really bad idea. That's, that's, that's two. Wait, no, no, that's no, no, two. No. no, it's not. That that's count. two. That doesn't count. I thought I could just get it up over the lip. Three. Well, <laughs> this is ridiculous. This is not a Three. Real, no, no, no. This Three. This is not real. This does not count. <laughs> Four. <laughs> Stop it. Five. Six. That's not six. What are you talking? I mean, this is dumb. The course is broken. <laughs> Seven? Eight? No, this is, does not count. Nine? <laughs> the course is broken, Dan. No, you're, you're at nine. You're at nine right now. I'm not doing... No, the, no. The limit is six. I think you're at nine, though. That does not count. No, that you're does at not nine. count. Here. That doesn't count. Okay, eleven. You get a reward. Um, now, Dan has been a participant of my my Instagram posts. I've been doing a lot of um, like trivia takeover weeks, and he really wanted some of my swag. So Dan gets to have a a free beer glass or coffee mug or shirt, whatever he wants, with our logo and some pictures. So that's your prize today. He was begging for one. He lost the contest, so he didn't get one. He was really mad. So this is his chance to get. What What would you like? I don't know. I have to think with this. You get a beer glass, a shirt, a luggage tag, or a coffee mug. Hmm, what do I want? That's a good question. I don't know. I, I guess the, I guess I'll take the beer glass. That'd be kind of cool to have beer glass. Yeah. Yeah, we do our own beer yeah. brewing. That's yes. A good one. Tastes like sock sweat for now, but yeah. eventually. <laughs> yeah. All right. So yes, congratulations on your 11 hole win. No, thank you very much. All I appreciate right. that. All right, very everyone. Exciting. All right, say thank you. And thank you guys. <laughs> Well, we may be finished with our game, but we're now headed to our final U.S. Trail of Fame. Oh, that's right, you guys. I'm making up for lost time on these rhymes here. Ugh, man, I should have been a poet. Oh, well, next life. Until then, I'll just torture you guys, right? <laughs> okay. Uh, let's talk about Harding Icefield Trail in Kenai Fjords National Park. Now, this one's near Seward, Alaska. So, uh, last week, we talked about that um, 
not so tasty Eskimo ice cream that made me sick in Alaska. Now we're talking about the 8.2 mile round trip trek. Okay, this trek is known for its views of ice fields and snow and glaciers and lots of wildlife and waterfalls. And a lot of people say that it's the best hike they've ever done in their entire lives. So this is kind of a frequently uttered phrase from a lot of travelers there. So had to include it. Also, I held a virtual meetup entirely on this trail at one point, so definitely needed to be included on this list. It is more of a strenuous hike. It's about a 1,000 foot elevation gain, but it, it's really one of those rewarding trails like we talked about before. It does take about six to eight hours to complete, so maybe cut out an entire day for that one. But yes, Harding Icefield Trail in Alaska. Okay, we're headed now to our last international hike of the day. Oh, you guys, I I feel so sad. You know how I feel about lasts. Oh, well, I'm sure I'll talk about more in some future episode. We're headed now to Torres del Paine. We're specifically talking about the O circuit. Okay, there's two circuits. There's W and there's O. O is more of the hidden gem. W is more of a heavily trafficked circuit. So we're talking about the O one today. This one's in Patagonia, Chile, and it's uh, anywhere from six to 10 days to trek, depending on how fast you go. It's about 68 miles or 110 kilometers with a medium difficulty level. And uh, a lot of people camp along the way. It's pretty popular. Now you get to have a glimpse of the native uh, Patagonian fauna, and then also the majestic forests and glaciers and Torres, which which actually means uh, the rock tower. It's kind of notorious for its famous rock towers. Also, there's lots of wildlife like pumas you can see, and um, it's more of a quiet route. That's kind of why I wanted to talk about this one. They only allow 70 visitors a day on this O circuit. So, highly recommend Torres del Paine, the O circuit. Did y'all make it back to the car okay? Oh, well, if you didn't, right? Hopefully you at least have enough tropical and audible snacks and waters and a now 29-day-old Tamagotchi to tag along. Also, a trailmate who doesn't have misophonia. That's the word, by the way, for somebody who has a hatred of chewing sounds. I didn't look that up. But remember, we often need to get lost in nature to find our true nature. Remember that leaf crunches and apple crunches are always better than time crunches and that the right direction is often the left fork detour. The best way to finish is to simply begin. The best way to connect is to disconnect. And the best way to live life is to take one step at a time so that you don't lose your balance and hit the ground. So may today be day one of becoming grounded, balanced, and whole. Enough for you to always, well, hit a hole in one. You can't lose now. So until next time, don't forget to live life on the active side, the hydrated side, the crunchy side, the impromptu side, the grounded side, and most importantly, the accomplished side. And remember, don't do anything I wouldn't do, unless of course it's nearly fall off a cliff. Allow your irrational tree phobia to send you off course. Try to fix a broken mini golf course. Dehydrate in a desert, eat tropical flavored granola bars, or have major falls in the fall. But everything else, don't do anything I wouldn't do, if that makes sense. See you next time. You got a hole in one. Did I really? Yeah. Oh my god. I got a hole in one. Yeah. Lame, you don't get anything. Wait, come on. Nice putt, Terbs. How did that even happen? I, don't know, I should win the game for that. No, you don't win the game for that, but be a consolation prize at least. This is Marie Elena, and you've been listening to Purple Hood Adventures Podcast. Thanks, everyone, for joining us on our journeys today. If you think you'd like to hear more and you want to stay updated on the whereabouts of an accident-prone purple windbreaker, or if you just like to live the life of adventure through your earbuds, or maybe you enjoy restraining having milk coming out of your nose buds every week, don't forget to subscribe to my channel. Otherwise, you can check me out on my website at purplehoodadventures.com. Or you can check me out on Facebook slash Purplehead Adventures, Instagram, or whatever other 8 million forms of social media you might use. Until then, stay tacky, San Francisco. And remember, life is not a book to be read, but a story to be told. So get out there. And remember, always, hood down and head out. I'm on a half mile loop to get lost.